In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I am joined by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals, and we talk everything Nationals and Capitals. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode of Locked On Capitals, I am joined by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals as we talk about what is going on with the state of the Nationals. Uh, my name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And Josh, why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you all get your podcast and here on YouTube as well. All right, so in this episode, we're going to start off. I'm going to ask him my questions I have for this Nationals team that's in a bit of a rebuild, shall we say. So, Josh, I think that the perfect place to start here is what is the current status of Juan Soto? Everyone wants to know. I watched uh, your episode, uh, was last week, I believe, uh, where we were talking about the haul that the Nationals could get if they actually traded someone like Juan Soto. I think you had um, locked on fantasy baseball or something on. It was a very interesting episode. So what? where are we at with the Juan Soto contract? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a fluid situation. Uh, the number one thing that's going to affect this is um, it's going to be ownership. And it's actually, so you, you think, you know, hey, what are the goals of the player and obviously the agent Scott Boris? What is their goal, right? It's been stated that, hey, there is an idea that maybe he wants to be the first $500 million player. That's a goal that he has in mind. But the big thing is that the Nationals, if they're going to sell this team, the best asset they can include is the ability, or actually already signed Juan Soto, but also more importantly, the ability to retain a player who is one of the best young players in all of baseball. Uh, and so they're not having a great year this year, but the status right now, the Nationals have made one offer. They turn that, uh, the Soto sides turn that down. He's under contract this season, next season, the following season, uh, or at least he's in arbitration for those years. So that is how long the Nationals have. I'd expect the Nationals would be sold by then. I also expect the Nationals to try to make a more competitive team by then. So, I mean, you know, if you had to put the odds of the Nationals right now are the front runners to get Juan Soto back, I think it's just a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, who's stroking the check to him at the end of the day. And also, how much is that check eventually? What's the dollar sign on that? Yeah, I've heard that uh, Scott Boris normally likes to go to the last minute. He doesn't want to take any initial offers. Uh, but you got to think that this Nationals team has to be all in on Juan Soto. I mean, as horrible, and I hate to say it, uh, I know you cover the team, but as bad as this rebuild is going, um, I could think of nothing worse uh, than Juan Soto moving on to another team. You had just said there's something uh, that was rather interesting. You said that you uh, plan or you see that the team is going to be sold. I know that that's been talked about this year. Um, I've heard at times that it's going to be Ted Leonsis. I've heard all sorts of names kicked around there. Who do you see this team getting sold to? Is there any word on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess Leon could go for the monopoly on DC sports, right? And the only the, and it, it would mean the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Washington football team, the now Washington Commanders, would be the only team left, right? That way, he would not own, and they're pushing for a sale on that end too. So Leon could become the czar 
the emperor, if you will, of all things uh, DC sports. No, I think um, I think it is likely that there is a new majority owner. I think the Lerner family gets the championship, and you know the Sun Lerner has come in, and started running things, and maybe. Um, he's not fully invested in a rebuild. And, and I appreciate his willingness to acknowledge that, right? Um, you know, while the Nationals aren't good, I don't think you can hold him accountable for not re-signing a bunch of guys right now at this point in time. Uh, just because it's like, look, if this is the plan, it looks like it's the plan is to sell at least a majority of the team. I think it's always right to make sure that you are not the ones making the big decisions. You are leaving those big decisions to the people who are eventually going to take it, right? Uh, you, you don't want the old GM to draft the new GM, right? You, you, know, you know, and look, I know that's how it works sometimes. You know, yeah, you inherit a team, sometimes you're stuck with contracts, that's how it works. But the Nationals, besides Strasburg and besides Corbin, don't have anybody under contract for more than a year, right? It's that's just that's where they are right now. It's it's a really fluid situation. So uh John Heyman, I think, said something the other day about this on his radio show. Today I think, you know, they're gonna get sold. I think you know, I think the learners may maintain a little bit, but I think the decision-making power is going to be moving on. And also something you have to note too, the contracts of Dave Martinez and of Mike Rizzo are both up at the end of the year. So that would tell you that there is a kind of simultaneous. And look, I, I, I think Mike Rizzo is a good, G, a good GM. I think that um, I think that Dave Martinez is a good um, manager. I think it might, be a situation where it's just kind of time and these things happen. We know it happens in hockey. Hockey actually is like a really good example. Like it's time happens all the time. I feel like in hockey. And so I think maybe we're approaching it. It is time just to part the ways with how much change there has been. So yeah, I think eventually there's going to be a sale and I think you're going to see wholesale changes with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the interesting thing to me is that we knew that uh, this rebuild was coming um, when they traded Scherzer and Trey Turner. And and, uh, the timing is just a bit interesting that all of a sudden that this rebuild isn't going, you know, I guess I would say according to plan. Now they want out. It's almost like the learners don't have a stomach for what this entails. Um, But it's just going to be interesting. How many years uh, do you see the the Nationals be away from being competitive again? I mean, it seems like right now they're in the cellar and they're looking up at Juan Soto going, get us the hell out of here because there's a lot of unproven players on this team. Um, You know, hindsight 2020, all that kind of stuff. It seemed like at, at the time that trading Scherzer and Trey Turner along was for the better good. But do you think that this is really going according to the script? To me, it seems like it's it's veered off and you have a bunch of players on this team, to be honest with you, that you're going to have to Google search who they are. How, how are things going so far and how far away are we from being uh, the Nationals, shall we say, competitive? Well, this is this is not going to script. And I was actually talking about this with some Reds, some Reds guys last night reprieving the series. Um, you know, the. The Nationals' window was the twenty the twenty tens, right? That was their window, and they actually got a title on the back end of their window, which it, which you don't always see. Like that was, you know, that you lose Bryce Harper and you lucky Lucky Seto comes up, and you got all these guys at the right point, right? Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, uh, the bullpen guys, the lineup. You got really everybody. Rendon, all of these guys that you know were at the right point of their career. That was an old team, right? Um, and things did not go well in 20. I think it's fair to say that you can kind of mark that season off. Also, you know, hangover plus COVID, really weird year. 21 is when it became pretty evident. Now, there was a stretch of time where it was Turner, uh, Soto, 
and um, in Schwarber, where it was just, you know, it was gangbusters up there. But, you know, it wasn't sustained and they couldn't make it last. The pitching wasn't good enough and the guys were injured. And so I think, you know, the plan was to see what they could do with that remaining group of guys. And then the plan changed. And now there's a reason why you're not seeing guys who are under contracts that are very long. It's because I don't know if they have a, like, there is a plan, right? You want to get back to contention, but there is no, um, baseball is a weird sports. Like if a bunch, if a collection of guys start doing well, okay, we're going to keep them around. If they don't, you have a few guys are doing well. All right, well, it's better off. So I actually think there's a chance like at the end of the year, like this thing probably gets worse before it gets better because I think guys like Josh, uh, Josh Bell, I think guys like Nelson Cruz, I think guys like Cesar Hernandez, I think guys like Carl Edwards Jr. has been awesome as of late and Kyle Finnegan and Tanner Rainey. All of those guys, in my opinion, are going to be on the trade block. And with that, you have to think, okay, there's going to be some more changes. So, you know, it's hard to say where this thing is in terms of scheduling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like it's it's difficult to kind of put a window on when they want to get back in contention. I know Nats fans want sooner than later, but, um, you know, a lot of young guys. I mean, Kbert Ruiz, Luis Garcia, Juan Soto, uh, Josiah Gray. I mean, all these guys are, you know, and, and even the guys who are in AAA, like Cade Cavalli, these guys are a bit away, so to have the exception from being like this great everyday core. So it's going to be a minute. Yeah, and it's a frustrating thing, and we'll talk about that later in the show, but that's what I think uh, is headed for the Capitals as well as we deal with an aging roster. But um, just taking a look at the pitching, it seems like the the pitching has been long the Achilles heel, at least relief pitching for the Washington Nationals. Do you think that they're in a better position right now? I know that we you spoke briefly about uh, Tanner Rainey, and he seems to have been doing pretty good out of the pen. Uh, there's also been some questions about uh, Espino uh, in pitching capacity. Why don't they ever put him in high uh, leverage games? Maybe if you want to talk about the pitching in general, but uh, it just seems that, you know, as long as I've watched the team, that uh, relief pitching has been the, one of the bugaboos of the team. It's just that they can never get a solid relief pitching. Even when you go back, you know, to the, the 2019 when they won the World Series, I mean, it was pretty good, but it still needed work back then. What are your thoughts on the on the pitching for the Washington Nationals? So to me, the relief, and you're right about 19, it's totally correct. I think some of the relief pitching woes have been tied to the starting pitching not being very good. They're asking a whole lot of their relievers right now, and the reason they're doing that is because the starters aren't going that deep, right? I mean, who is the guy right now that you trust to give you six innings in a game? Six, full, strong innings. There's not one guy. They want to keep Josiah Gray around five. Sometimes they extend him to get a little dicey. Patrick Corbin, the same thing. Eric Fetty has had a really good month of of uh, May. Did get, you know, did get touched up against the Nats or the, the Mets rather, but as, as having a really good month. And so that means you're going to be relying on these guys a lot more often. So Victor Arano has been really good this year, but there are going to be some games where Victor Arano is not great. And when he's not great, like you have to take it with a grain of salt because he's pitching so often. Same thing for a guy like a Erasmo Ramirez, Kyle Finnegan, um, Tanner Rainey, you know, Steve Ciszek, I also had th- I'd throw into that group as well. So I think that's the problem is they really can't establish like this pecking order in the back of the bullpen because they've been so bad from the starting position. So, you know, w- when the injury happened to Strasburg and now Joe Ross is gone, once again, and they brought in Anibal Sanchez. He's injured. 
to me, it's just kind of all linked together in my opinion. All right. So after the break here, uh, Josh neighbors is going to have some questions for me about the Washington capitals. We'll talk about that next. We've been asking and built delivered built granola bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like the bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to get better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with a collagen-based protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now to take the Built Bar Granola Bars, three delicious flavors to try, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. You've got to get yours today. So go to Built.com to get Built Granola Bars now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, this In this episode, I am joined by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals, kind of a special crossover DC edition Josh, what uh, questions do you have for me uh, for the Washington Capitals? So I guess the, the one big question that we've all had is like, when is the window going to be over, right? When are they going to – now, you know, it's, it's great because they're in the playoffs and everything, but um, we knew what their flaws were heading into the playoffs. Goaltender was a huge issue for them and came back to bite them in the butt, it feels like, in the playoffs – um, when is when do you think it's time for this core? They're going to just keep trying to retool because they kind of remind me of the Astros in a lot of ways. Actually, the Capitals, much like the Astros, they they really you know had a good window, a long window, weren't able to win one, won one, and then now I've been around but have not been able to climb that mountain once again. So, what do you think for the core staying together? Listen, I think that it should change now. And I know that there's a lot of nostalgic, nostalgia type of Washington Capitals fans that they want to keep this nucleus together because this is by and large the same team that won them the Stanley Cup in 2018. But to your point there, there was issues in that that we talked about all season. You know, it was Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, an unproven commodity, the youngest goalie tandem at the time in the NHL. And uh, Brian McClellan just said, we're all in on this. We're, we're going to go for this. And uh, we talk all the time about this, this window that's closing, this win now mode. Um, but then Brian McClellan did nothing to address it. So I think, honestly, that his job is on the line because um, he's going to have to answer uh, to Ted Leonsis and Dick Patrick and the, and the ownership trust there about why he didn't do anything to rectify it. So going forward, I think that what the, the Capitals have to do is they have to pick up that veteran netminder. I've heard names of Braden Holtby coming back to the district. I've heard Marc-Andre Fleury, which I know is just kind of a Hail Mary pass down there, which I don't think will ever connect with a wide receiver. But I think that that is, is one of the things that they would, they would like to do. Um, I guess that remains to be seen on who 
uh, that veteran netminder is, but I definitely think that that is one of the options. You have two RFAs in Vanacek and Samsonov. I think that ultimately they'll go with Samsonov for whatever reason. Uh, the Washington Capitals seem to be all in on Ilya Samsonov. He was drafted higher. Um, he's a better athlete as far as that is concerned in net. But the big issue with Ilya Samsonov is he can make you know the greatest save one minute and allow a soft goal in the next minute. So consistency with both of those netminders, to be honest with you, um, has been an issue. But going forward, when do they need to rebuild this team? I would say right now, um, I think that, you know, you're going to see the likes of Lars Eller leave. I think you're going to see uh, Schultz leave. I think that, you know, there is some a lot of players on this team and maybe some players on this team that you don't want to see leave, uh, you know, like uh, a TJ Oshie or something like that. Because much how, and we talked about, you know, if you traded uh, Juan Soto, you're going to get a, a big haul. You're not going to get a big haul in, if you're trading, uh, you know, this fourth line player. So I think that they're going to, you know, possibly have to trade like a TG Oshie or, you know, a John Carlson to get that big uh, um, name player, because that's what they need to do. The Washington Capitals are staring straight at what the, or excuse me, the Washington Capitals are staring straight at what the Washington Nationals are going through right now. And that's a big rebuild. And uh, I would like to think that whatever the Capitals do, it's going to turn out a little bit better than what the Nationals have done so far. And, but and I think the nice thing that we know is like, you know, that it seems like Ovechkin's going to be there for it, right? I mean, I think the consensus is right now he is going to retire as a member of the Washington Capitals, right? That is correct. Yes. Uh, there's been word that uh, he might want to play one last season. Uh, in Russia, just one last hurrah. I mean, at this point, once he catches Gretzky, I think he can check every box off. You know, he got his cup in 2018. I think that uh, he would be fine with moving on. But uh, there's been rumblings out there that he might want to do one last year in Russia. So that, are there any young players out there right now that you see that the Nationals, Nationals, that the Capitals think could get in a trade maybe like for like a TJ Oshie? Any guys that you think would just be – you know, assets they could, or I guess maybe even picks, right? I'm not really sure the NHL, do we see as many, you know, star for picks trades as usual? Or are they usually trying to find young players that have already kind of gotten their foot in the NHL? Maybe they can bring them over and get some mentorship and kind of develop them into the next generation. There are some names rumbling out there. And, uh, you know, I think if the Capitals did it right, if you want to take a look at the Ottawa Senators and kind of what they did is that was a team that looked at, what they had on the ice, they had they were veteran-laden core, and they're like, well, this isn't working for this group of players, so we're going to trade all the big names off, and they just stockpiled draft picks and first-round picks and second-round picks. And I think the Ottawa Senators are a couple years away from contention, but if the Capitals could do something similar to, to that, move some bigger pieces to get some draft picks. Um, I've also heard some veterans. Um, you know, It's crazy season in the NHL right now, so I've heard the likes of Johnny Goudreau coming to the Capitals. I've heard of Nazem Kadri, you know, pretty much at this point, you know, the talking heads, they take, uh, you know, the, they throw it to the wall and see if it sticks. And, uh, but I think that the Capitals will make some big splashes, but I think the first thing that they need to check off on the list, no surprise is a netminder. Once they have that anchored down, I think they can kind of fan out from there a little bit, but uh, I do ultimately do see some big name players moving on for either another big name player or draft picks. Um, but, you know, with the Washington Capitals and the AHL Hershey Bears, they have a lot of up and coming talent. You saw Connor McMichael, you saw um, uh, Martin Faravari, but they also have Hendrix LaPierre. They have Leeson and Protus. And uh, I mean, there is some depth that they have in Hershey um, that I think that will filter its way up to the top. But I think that one of the things that's hurting the Capitals 
um, as far as not having as many great players in Hershey is they were always in that win now mode, you know, when they gave up players to get Kevin Shattenkirk, you know, win in win now mode that comes at a high price. That means you're going to give up your draft picks and uh, it's kicking the can down the road for just trying to be in win now mode. But I, I do see some big things uh, brewing for the Capitals in this offseason. All right. Good stuff. All right, so after the break here, uh, we are going to continue to talk with Josh Neighbors here as we talk about what we see for the future of the Capitals and for the Nationals. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back to the show in this special DC crossover edition. It's Locked On Capitals and Locked On Nationals. Um, so let's just talk about the future. Where do we see this Nationals team going? I know that we talked briefly about that in the first segment, but... Just we are in June now. Where do we see this progressing in July and August? Baseball season is the longest season uh, in all of professional sports. Uh, Maybe the NBA is up there. But anyway, it's a long season. Where do we see this Nationals team progressing throughout the upcoming months? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I see too much of a progression. I think the one thing that's going to be encouraging is we're going to get a lot of guys getting opportunities. We're seeing it right now, Luis Garcia is up there for an injured Alcides Escobar at shortstop. They think he is the future. And I, I know he's really glad to be up. Also, an, uh, Evan Lee, who is not you know 17th ranked prospect, uh, due to you know some struggling starters uh, and you know injuries that are coming down the pike that we know with Joe Ross. Evan Lee has been able to come up and he has made a start and looks like he'll make another start straight from double A. K Barrett Ruiz, obviously Josiah Gray gets to keep going. We're going to see the Cade Cavallis of the world come up. There are other guys, Cole Henry, uh, I know is down the pike. People want to see, maybe we see him in the big leagues this season. So that's the nice thing. We're going to see some guys, maybe even a Donovan Casey, who is a guy the Nationals got in that trade also for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. So I think that's the one thing we're looking at here for the future is we're going to see, hopefully, guys who are the future. I think there's going to be some big attrition. The one thing I hope, though, it's really important. You got to keep some vets around these young guys to help them learn the ropes of being big league baseball players, of being pro athletes. So I think it's important they do keep some veteran leadership around who that is, what form that takes. I don't know because they got a lot of guys who are vets on one year contracts. So you want to trade Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz, obviously the first two, Cesar Hernandez, somebody who else comes up. So they're going to have some decisions to make here coming up towards the trade deadline. But I think some attrition, but also seeing the future is the immediate future for the Nats. How about the Capitals? So going forward with the Capitals, uh, like we talked about in the previous segment, I think that this is going to be the summer of change. And I think that that will probably not uh, sit well with a lot of the DC fan bases. They are in love uh, with the the current core. But I think that change is what's needed when you take a look at this team. Um, Otherwise, you are staring uh, straight in the face of another first round exit. And I've talked to a lot of different, uh, you know, writers and and bloggers and stuff. And they say, well, next summer is the one. So if they make a first round exit next year, that's when they're going to make the change. I've heard this the last couple seasons, first round exits ever since the 2018 Cup or yeah, 2018 Cup. So I think that change is inevitable and I think change needs to be done now. But it's a little bit different uh, in the Capitals case versus the Nationals. There were certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he would be on a competitive team. He had no interest in playing, you know, in the likes of like the Coyotes or the Sabres, just these perennial losers. He wants to be on a winning team. So what Ted Leonsis has said is he's going to view it as a retool instead of a rebuild. 
I know that's semantics really, but I think that what they're going to do is just kind of plug different players in and uh, kind of take it incrementally instead of that that big blow up that you saw uh, over on the Nationals. So I think that change is a brewing for both the Nationals and the Capitals. Uh, nonetheless, they always uh, seem to put a good product out on the field, uh, despite how the Nationals are playing this season. If you look back before this rebuild, always a really solid product on the field and just a, a ton of fun to watch. So if you're a Nationals fan out there, stick with this team. I think that there are better days coming for the Nationals. And I also think there are better days coming for the Washington Capitals. But uh, DC fans, you got to stand pat. Uh, you don't want to be bandwagon jumping right now. Uh, so anyway, Josh, neighbors, thank you once again for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And uh, what, do you have any closing comments here? Yeah, you can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. And you can find the show at LL underscore Capitals. And Dan, it was a pleasure talking to you. It was great. And thank you for joining us once again on this special DC crossover edition of Locked On Capitals and Locked On Nationals. We'll talk to you next time.